he has an ascot like, <laughs> <laughs> sewn on to him. <laughs> That's the uniform. It's like putting your Rockaware chain on every day. Just it's not chaining day. It's ascot day. Like they bring me out at the concert, except it's like, you know, a string quartet or something. They put the ascot on. You yeah, know. The Dean comes out with an ascot with your initials on the corner. <laughs> it's embroidered in, you know, it's real classy. Yeah. You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your co-host, Armand Wake Up. You can follow me on Twitter at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. More important than that, please follow the official Clock Radio Speakers Twitter handle, which is at CRS Podcast. You can check out all 200 episodes at ClockRadioSpeakers.com. So on Facebook. I know, right? Yeah, we'll get there. What's going to happen is the same thing. When we reach our 300th episode, it's going to be the same thing that happens with our 200th episode. We're going to be like, oh, shoot, I forgot. And we did that with 252. We were like, oh, we didn't even announce it. Right. Whatever. So you're saying uh, Facebook? Yeah, Facebook.com slash Clock Radio Speakers. We're on Instagram. Uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. Vote, rate, and comment. We are not on SoundCloud because SoundCloud be hating. And uh, I think that's it, right, Doc? Yeah, that's about it. Um, what's going on, everybody? You can follow me on Twitter at Doc underscore Beats. That's not a Z. But like Armand said, more importantly than that, follow the show. But maybe more important than that this week. You could follow our guest. And I think, is this the third time he's been on? Yes. <laughs> he, you know what? We should actually just ask him, DJ Hyphen, what's going on, man? Is this the third time you've been on the show? I think it is number three. Yes. That might be a Curry appearance. That might be a record. Really? It's at least now, a tie. But, Have we had, we haven't had anybody more than three. Wes. Wes has been on three times. Okay. Wes, Wes might've been on four. Wes is going to hear this and he's going to. It's gonna get mad, but anyway, Hyphen, welcome back. And where can where can the good good listeners of Clock Ready Speakers find you on Twitter? Uh, anywhere, uh, all the social media channels, just DJ Hyphen, DJ H Y P H E N. It will either be me, uh, DJ from Seattle, or a random drum and bass DJ from like Manchester, England. So, <laughs> one of the two. Roughly the same content, I'm sure. Totally, we get tagged, or at least I always get tagged in his stuff, and I'm like, damn, I'm performing in Brixton this week. <laughs> Big up to the massive. Yeah. <laughs> oh shoot! So, so if people are unfamiliar with who you are, hyphen. Can you tell the people um, who you are and sort of some of the things that you have your hands in? <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm just a, a hip hop fan, man. A music fan. So, I'm from Seattle. Um, I went to college down in LA, where I did college radio for four years. Uh, shout out to KSPC and Pomona College. In the Claremont Colleges. I came back to Seattle uh, after college, what was that, 2004, 2005, and started a underground hip-hop show on the big commercial radio station out here in Seattle, Cube 93, which has actually since flipped to a different frequency, Cube 104.9. Um, and yeah, did like, you know, a specialty underground hip-hop radio show. We've been doing it for over 10 years now. Shout out to my co-host, Jay Moore. Um, it's going well. We're still alive, which is amazing because very few radio shows like ours are still in existence. Um, you know, when we started, there was actually quite a few um, that had kind of the freedom to play whatever they wanted. And man, they died quickly over the years. So these days, there are very few on 
traditional terrestrial radio that still can play whatever we want. So every Sunday night from 10 to midnight, we do that. Um, and yeah, that's going really well on, on my day job side. I work for ESPN. Um, I do digital advertising related work for them and, uh, work with our teams all over the world. So I've been able to do some traveling the last couple of years. Uh, and I'm actually about to go to Brazil in like two days to check out our business down there. And then hopefully I can discover some music stuff on down there as well. Sounds so like just me. just sounds like a terrible trip. What a, what a real what, well, what a real imposition on you. On one <laughs> hand, obviously Brazil sounds amazing. On the other hand, there are legitimate crazy scenarios going on down there. <laughs> like the state just north of where I'm going apparently just had a police strike where for about four or five days it turned into like the purge. Like no police were working. There were like fifty plus murders in like four days. People were just like jacking TVs and whatever. So that's it's a, a real problem right now. Yeah, that's a, that's a legitimate problem. So this may not be as uh, it isn't like going to Rio for the Olympics or something. I'm going to Sao Paulo, which is apparently like a financial center. So I don't know. We'll see what it is. But I'm excited to try to discover some of the music stuff down there because every time I hear some sort of like Brazilian influence in hip hop, it's super dope. Like shout out to Sango. Uh, like the, from the selection camp, like he does a lot of sort of hip hop meets Brazilian music stuff. And I love like the rhythms and everything I hear from there. So I'm excited to check that out. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. And I was just going to say you're escaping the cold, but Seattle, I mean, Seattle's not that cold in the winter. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking outside my window right now. It's like 40 degrees and sideways rain. So (laughs) it's definitely, uh, good to get away. I just spent three months in Australia where it's, it was summer down there too. So I, I missed most of the winter and now I came back for like a month and a half and now I'm skipping out on more of the winter. So I'm definitely trying to play the angles right and, uh, just have extend like summer 16 into summer 17 continually and not have to deal with winter at all. <laughs> Ross just put out a record called summer 17. I know. I love it. He beat everyone to the punch. What a mastermind. <laughs> so on brand with, with that hyphen i appreciate that that was a promotional tweet right there um you, you have to put yeah, a hashtag ad after that i'm not really sure <laughs> hashtag ad i hear when i see that have you no shame uh, yeah how are you gonna put out a record in february called summer 17 just so no one else can later brilliant rose strikes again <laughs> he's the boss <sighs> so what do we go talk about this week, guys? What's what's on the what's on the menu? We should definitely talk about the Grammys. Let's do it and everything that sort of came along with, with that. So uh, I mean, we could we could we could tackle this a couple of ways. We could talk about all, all the various different performances. If anything sort of stuck out to us, there's a couple big obvious stories that we should probably get to. Um, any place in particular, either one of you wants to start? Anything that really jumped out to you? Let's start with the Beyonce thing. Okay, so the Beyonce thing. I like it. yeah because it has become a thing. Um, so let's talk about her performance because that was the first thing that we, was that the, uh, yeah, that was really the first sort of thing that we saw from Beyonce, but that was before she won any awards or anything like that. And that was of course before the major awards of the night. So, um, what did y'all think of her performance? It was cool. It was a Beyonce performance. It was very theatrical and over the top and perfect and didn't have any, you know, hiccups or anything like that. Like she, you know, she couldn't do much because she's pregnant. So she sang, you know, ballads and all that. So, you know, aesthetically, it looked good. It was a it was a Beyonce performance at an award show. So. Was it not a little bit weird in that setting? Like, I feel like the Grammys, as aggressive as they want to be and as credible as they want to be, it still celebrates like pop music, pop culture, the most popular artists around. 
Uh, although, you know, shout out to Chance and, and some other folks for kind of sneaking in there over the last couple of years. But to have sort of a, a 12 minutes art school, nuanced, dramatic performance like that, did that not, I don't know, was that the right setting for that kind of a performance? She definitely got her like, like heat makers. I'm going to have like a, a, a 30 second, like lead up into my beat thing where like the whole intro to that performance was indulgent. But in the Beyonce way, you know what I mean? She was like, I'm going to do this. Like, it was a long time before you even got to, like, a song. Yes. And Hold on. Before we even get into this, though, do you guys have, like, a lot of Beehive listeners? Because I'm not sure my mentions can take, <laughs> no, take this no, if we're, I go we're, the wrong way. We're, we're okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Yeah, I, I, yeah like, I, I, I didn't have Beyonce's album on my end of the year list, and we survived. It was fine. Okay, good, good. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not in the target demo for it. But obviously, like, it looked great. It's amazing. She does cool visual stuff. Musically, it did nothing for me. The ballads didn't didn't do anything. But I can't say I'm a massive Beyonce fan musically either. I mean, I guess it was cool. It just kind of ran on and on. And it seemed to be less about the music and more about Beyonce slash celebrity slash motherhood, which I'm, I'm all for award shows celebrating motherhood and femininity that's awesome just seemed somewhat odd to me yeah i i agree the more the the bigger issue was how can we dramatically show that beyonce is pregnant with twins um outside of it for people who don't have instagram i mean she's celebrating motherhood which i you know i didn't really i I mean i thought that was nice what what struck me is i mean it sounds dumb because we saw the pictures which are a whole other thing that i'm not even trying to get into but like when she announced the pregnancy you didn't really realize it until you saw her like moving up there on stage. Like there is no way she's going to be able to do Coachella, right? Like she's supposed yeah. to, she's supposed to be headlining Coachella in like two months. There's no way. No, she's super pregnant. She's Beyonce pregnant. <laughs> like you Beyonce know what? level pregnant is not happening. She's not at Coachella. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she found a way to pull it off. Is she going to sit the whole she, time? <laughs> because she's Beyonce. Just her on a throne. I'll- and then like people yeah. dancing around her and she's just... Yeah, it could be like <laughs> it's gonna be a live birth on stage. Oh, no. She's not she's gonna take it to the next level. Have a Beyonce hologram. I don't know, like what is the Yeah, there's no yeah. way. She she I mean, uh hyphen's right, like she's really pregnant. It it could be like Eveline from the Wiz where she could just sit in the throne and just have a bunch of her minions dancing around her for two hours. Beyonce could just Beyonce could literally stand on stage and breathe and people would gladly pay two hundred dollars to see well i hope so because i think they've already paid right yeah right. yeah I, they've, yeah coachella it's not like you uh there's no installment plan for coachella or money back like <laughs> layaway ticket <laughs> so the performance I, I saw a lot of the reaction online were people i mean i i just saw overwhelming like support people love the performance and i think you two said it well musically eh, those aren't what i would call my favorite songs from that album um but it was more about beyonce the pregnant woman than it was you know beyonce the the musician but the real drama happened as the as the night went on and there were three the three biggest awards which are song of the year uh and record of the year and the difference between the two of them is song of the year is for the songwriting record of the year is for the performance of the song formation was up for both And then album of the year where Lemonade was up. And there's this ongoing narrative, which, you know, there's lots of lots of reason to believe at least parts of it, where people point to year after year after year, artists of color who have incredibly well-received popular albums that 
get shut out in favor of an album from a white artist. And so what has been sort of coming out of the Grammys, what I've seen, and I'd love to hear from you too if I'm crazy, is the continuation of that narrative sort of this year it was, okay, Adele won over Beyonce and sort of it's only because of that narrative. I look at that and go, honestly, I didn't think Lemonade was that good of an album. I'm just getting ready to go there. But, but, but people- maybe I'm crazy. So Armand, you, you started. So what, I mean, is it Lemonade? I mean, what do you think about this? I mean, and I don't remember many people saying that Lemonade was a great body of work. Um, I think that the moment that Lemonade created with the movie and the whole Jay-Z conversation and Becky with the good hair and all that, those are moments that you remember. But outside of Hold Up and, you know, maybe three other records on the album, I don't remember a lot of people holding on to that album or listening to it continually um, after the movie. So to now say that uh, Adele was undeserving when the general consensus about Adele was that her album wasn't as good as her last one either. I don't know. Right. I'm not a fan. So, you know, it's kind of like then it, it becomes, you know, we're in a very racially sensitive time. And then it's it kind of becomes a popularity contest that kind of begins to touch on other people's uh, feelings and insecurities and desires for things to look and be presented in a certain way. And I don't think, I don't know if Beyonce would have wanted to win the Grammy because she's black. She probably would have wanted to win because the community or whoever votes for the Grammys thought that she had the better album. And Adele kind of pulled a Macklemore without, you know, screenshotting a text, but, you know, pretty much just dedicated most of her acceptance speech to saying that, you know, Beyonce should have won. Um, I, I don't know if Beyonce is up is as upset and I can't speak for her, but I, I don't know if she's as upset as other people are. And though it kind of makes a good case, it's like, hey, wait a minute, we're seeing this trend. I understand that. But I don't know if it necessarily uh, warrants legitimacy in this case. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. I don't think I mean, first off, I don't even think this award has much to do about the music at all. Like the Grammys have moved pretty far past that every now and then it looks like they give an award for the actual music but like you touched on it was like all of beyonce's success off lemonade stuff uh centers around the moment that she created when she dropped it with the the whole movie and it just became this thing that was like this pop culture moment like musically the album is not going to hold up that well it's not one of the best of the year uh musically Vocally, her voice is not as good as Adele's, although Adele's has somewhat limited range. And of course, she just makes the same song over and over, <laughs> like 50 minute piano driven <laughs> one record, just basically split up into 10 different tracks. But yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, what the list was going around with who Beyonce has lost to over the last four years, right? And so what was it? Beck, like Taylor Swift, and is it Adele twice or was there a different another white artist. And I guess, you know, Kanye's thoughts on Beck aside, which was weird because he, I remember he kind of like discounted him. Like Beck's an incredibly talented musician. I don't really have any problems with him winning an award. Adele's vocally one of the strongest singers we've had in the last 30 years. I don't really have a problem with her winning an award. Beyonce dwarfs both of those characters in terms of like pop culture, but musically I'm also not necessarily a Beyonce fan on the music side. So like, I can't get up in arms about this. I can't get nearly as up in arms about this as I was about Macklemore beating Kendrick. As a hip-hop fan, like, that one, that was the the dagger in the back 
that I will be more offended by. And that was the one that was clearly influenced by race more than this one in my mind. Doc? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know. I, I remember people getting unha- you know upset when, uh, when Beck uh, beat Beyonce, that was, that was the Beyonce. That was the, that was her self-titled album. The one that she sort of not originated, but re we'll just say popularized the surprise drop. And to me, that's her, like that's unquestionably her strongest album. I get it. Like if people wanted to like that one, sure. You look at that one and go, what's going on. But I mean, it's one of those things where it's, I think that both can be true, right? At a, at a, at a macro level, it, it seems as though the Grammys are somewhat confused about what to do with hip hop and R and B, but that's not a new story. But at a micro level, you can look at some, you can look at, you know, some of those decisions or even all of them and come up with some rationale for why that, why they, you know, why it may or may not have been motivated by race, but like at a bigger level, like here's a really good example. So like one of the sort of historical Grammy, like shorthands that you can use when trying to figure out who's going to win what, if there's only one nominee from a category. So like if there's only one hip hop album in the album of the year category, that hip hop album is more than likely going to win the best rap album, right? Because why else would it even, how else could it not even get an album of the year? And in this case, Drake was nominated for album of the year with views, which was kind of hilarious. Um, in a sense of out of all the Drake projects to get nominated for album of the year. I don't know if I would have ever picked that one, but Drake didn't even end up winning for, uh, anything that's really from that album. What he won awards for was ironically hotline bling, which came out a year and a half ago. I think that, that, that right there speaks to all of this. So hotline bling, one of the biggest songs of the year. Yeah one of the biggest cultural moments of the year with a meme and everything. Like, yeah. don't forget how that song dropped. That came out during OVO radio right. as part of, I think four random records, right? Yep. That yeah. that week. That's right. Um, with no, no designs on that being a single, no designs on that even being on an album, right. let alone being up for awards. Like, so I, I guess to me that kind of shows how silly the traditional Grammys the concept of the Grammys are in general. Hmm. Like we've, and from the hip hop side, we've always felt this way. Like, why do they matter? Like, why do we need validation from these old white dudes who have never, who basically gave chance the rapper best rap album because he has the rapper in his name. (laughs) And so they're like, I don't know. He must, he must be the rapper. So I'm going to vote for him. Like, I mean, I think, what was it? Was it Drake last year that was kind of giving out his own fake Grammys, you know, like most turnt record. And he was like (laughs) tagging people on Twitter or whatever that was like, that's almost more exciting and more worthwhile. I think like we continue to play this game where we let these people outside of the culture determine what's valuable when none of this really meant, like if we're doing a pop culture award show, then that's great. Yeah, sure. Then sure. Yeah. Beyonce should win over Adele. If we're doing a music like geek award show, then I don't know. We can dive deeper and we can find a bunch of albums that were better than both of them. And then from the hip hop side, like, why are we even a part of this? Like as much as I love having chance get up on stage, like it's just, it's so weird, man. Like just seeing our culture represented in that room. Um, it just strikes me as really weird to be honest. And like, maybe it'll get better as the older generation of voters kind of dies out. Um, as harsh as that sounds. And we have more folks that are kind of born and raised on, on hip hop being part of pop culture. So maybe we can get more, uh, representation or more accurate representation, but it still feels like super forced to me. So I just don't really know why we're there. Like why, why is it that big of a deal? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think it, it's one of those things where so there is a problem of representation within uh within the uh within the is it the academy? No, it's the um within the I always forget who puts on the Grammys. It's because the Academy is the Academy Awards. It's the is it the it's not the RIA, is it? It's um I hope not. It's like <laughs> right. National National Recording Society or some right. shit. So right. basically it's a bunch of white people. Well, so right. So I saw um I think it was Terrace Martin who was putting I think uh, it was either him or somebody else uh uh somebody else in Kendrick's camp who produces for Kendrick the name name escapes me, who was talking about how they were trying to figure out in the aftermath of what happened where um Good Kid Mad City didn't win, they were trying to figure out, well, who's voting for these anyway? And they realized that there are requirements for what it takes to be a member of this society. But once you meet those requirements and the requirements actually for, you know, if you're in the industry, they're actually not that stringent. It's basically you have to, your name has to be in the credits for like six physical projects or 12 digital projects or something. There's some sort of like, once you meet that, then you can just apply to become a member. And so on the one hand, it's trying to make sure, Hey, if we're actually going to show up to awards and actually have our label submit, and that's a whole other conversation about like things have to get submitted for certain things. Um, if they're going to go through that whole thing, then they might as well, you know, keep going and join, you know, the group that that helps select it. So at the very least, they can play a role. You know, I, I think that part of it too is, you know, hip hop is unquestionably the like has been one of the most, if not the most, dominant forces in popular culture over the last twenty five, thirty, pick however many years, and. If the Grammys are really going to represent the mainstream, then at some some point, as hip hop, as elements of hip hop get taken, recon, you know, reconstrued, just seamlessly adopted into, you know, pop music, rock music, or whatever, then it seems to make sense to me that yeah, there you know, there's a place for them to acknowledge it. So, what would y'all say to other outlets? I guess we're we're talking about the National Recording Society or whatever yeah. and we talk about how how out of touch the Grammys are in terms of just you know acknowledging you know good music or just hip hop culture so then that kind of on a on a on a smaller scale or more focused scale you look at Double XL in their freshman list where one day out of the year you know grow, for us for the three of us growing up Double XL had a lot of clout in the early 2000s um and this generation doesn't know Double XL for anything other than one day a year picking 12 new guys, new MCs to say that these guys are the future. Everybody gets up, up in arms and then the other 364 days out of, out of the year, nobody cares. So, you know, who or what sort of um, platforms would we say have credibility to authentically represent hip hop culture or do you even need that in this new age hyphen with you working in advertising as we were talking off air i would really like to get your take on something like this in terms of media and um credibility and clout in terms of hip hop culture in 2017 i mean look it would be dope if we had some sort of credible source no pun that we all could look to and kind of agree with and say, look, what these people say about our culture matters, but we don't have that anywhere. Like the way media is, is so fragmented right now, like whether it's traditional publications, like the source, like double XL, I don't even know if there's any other, is vibe still around? No vibe died. Like, I don't even know what music magazines are around in print anymore because they don't matter. Um, there's too many websites. The blog era has come and gone. 
So for a while, the what was it? The New Music Cartel, the NMC, <laughs> actually mattered a ton, right? About like whatever Now Right or Two Dope Boys were posting was important. But that died like a couple of years ago, um, with social media just exploding and and you know Spotify coming up and Apple Music coming up and Beats Radio and I don't know, it's just so fragmented that I can't think of any sort of media company that could do an award show that wouldn't just that the best part of it wouldn't just be making fun of it on Twitter. So I was going like to say, is the closest thing we have to BET? Yeah, I mean, the BET awards are are and always have been and always will be a joke because BET always has been a joke. No matter how well-intentioned some contributors or no matter how dope some of the people involved in it are, like, it's just that channel jumped the shark a long time ago and they they're too far gone to ever reinvent themselves as like a credible source for this culture and i think the source is the same way i think you know i don't don't know vh1 can't do it they can try with their hip-hop honors stuff but i have a hard time taking that seriously when the lead into hip-hop honors is one of 12 different housewives programs right just making fun of the culture or doing the the basketball wives or whatever like none of these media companies are going to ever be like yo we're putting on like when MTV did the list or whatever, the the rapper list, the top 10 list, like that was a joke too. And they had dope people who are legitimate people and contributors, part of the culture creating that list. But even that was silly. So like, I don't care how many times you grab Elliot Wilson or whoever else that you think can speak uh, authentically about the culture and people that are like us, like I would be no better. Like, I'm not saying I need to be on a panel of, of these things. Like, I just don't know if, the way media is split right now and the way the music is, if you could ever create something that would be, and so maybe that, maybe that's why the Grammys are, are so important is because it is the one thing where we all kind of are supposed to say this is important. So you can make fun of the Grammys if you want, but pop culture has decided they're important. The BET Awards, pop culture has decided they are not important. They are merely the BET Awards. Some people think they're important. Most of the people just make fun of them. And then a good portion of the rest of society doesn't even pay attention to them. The Grammys are the ones where we're supposed to put all of that aside and have some sort of reverence for it. But I've never had it. And it just seems weirder and weirder with every year that passes. But I am all for the white guilt uh, acceptance speeches. Those are becoming (laughs) increasingly entertaining uh, with every year that passes. Armand? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say, though, just... In defense of BET, they've gotten a lot better the last, I'd say, three years or even longer than that. Like ever since Michael Jackson died, the award show in general has been much more has been much better. But I mean, nobody's going to display a BET award above their fireplace. Yeah. And maybe they just built up like years too much bad will for me. Like maybe I've just been through the entire last 25 years of BET. So like I, you know, they could do an hour long special on like deep dive on Anderson Pack and BJ, the Chicago kid. And I would still be laughing at them, even though those are artists I would love to see highlighted. Like maybe I just don't have enough respect for BET because of what they did for the last 25 years. Sure. But maybe to a younger generation that's coming up then yeah, maybe they still have some of that credibility. Um, but yeah, I don't see it. I don't see any media company being able to do some sort of awards that, personally I would respect but I don't know I'm not in it for the awards I think it'd be very interesting to see what these artists think of it because on one hand they like to play off that oh you know they don't do it for that but on the other hand they get up there and do anything they can for the society to try to get uh recognized like they'll join the the tribute uh performances 
They'll go do shows around LA that the society is, uh, presenting, um, just to try to get in the good graces. Like they'll put up billboards in LA, similar to like what they do with the Oscars, uh, you know, for your consideration, please look at Anderson Pack for, you know, songwriter of the year or whatever. Like, so on one hand, people pretend like it doesn't matter, but then on the other side, they really do want that appreciation. And maybe that's just part of being an artist. Maybe you just, you know, you can kind of make your own music, but deep down, you're always going to want some level of validation. And sure. the Grammys give that to a select group of pale skinned people every year. It's yeah. The same thing. So along those lines, you had people who were nominated for awards, like I think Kanye and Drake both skipped the ceremony this year, but they still either they or their labels still thought that they wanted to be up for it because you have to submit your music for consideration because you have somebody like Frank Ocean who wasn't nominated, not because the Grammys decided that they hated Blonde, but because uh, he 100% didn't even want to be up for consideration. So it just didn't get submitted. Like I think that's a case of somebody who, and he's been vocal about it, but like he's actually putting his money where his mouth is. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, that's not, weird to begin with, though. Like, what, what part of an award show is you have to register or submit your? I don't know. Like, that's how. I mean, you know, I, that's how. I mean, in a weird, in a, that's how they all work. So the Grammy, I'm sorry, the Oscars work that way. The um, Emmys work that way. Like, you have to specifically submit. So there's like on the on the Academy Awards, there's all sorts of like games that get played. Like, do we call this actor the best supporting actor, or do we put them for best actor? Like, what does the field look like? So I might like fudge it and put them under this because they have a better chance. Like, there's all sorts of weirdness that happens there. Yeah, and I know I know specific people at labels that have told me on the side like oh man, we definitely could have won that Grammy, but literally we forgot to submit so, by the date. So the an example of a, forgo- of a forgotten thing is for last year, they forgot to submit Hotline Bling. And the only reason it was eligible this year is because he attached it to views. Mm. And so it was never nominated before. So there you go. <laughs> because it was supposed to be submitted by last year's deadline. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I've had a, there's a, there's a regional um, award show here in Ohio, um, and we get an email every year that says, hey, if you want to be nominated for these awards, you know, send this email with your information. And as an artist, it comes off like, hey, I want to be acknowledged for my work, which is something that, like Hyphen said, like people want that, but to actually say it or to go through the process of submitting it to it's kind of weird because it's like if you're an award show if I'm handing out awards I'm going to be handing awards out based off of what I've seen to people you know that if we're looking at the MVP of the of the NBA or no I won't even get into all-star because that that doesn't count because fan voting should go away um but if it's well, hold on, if hold on. It, actually not to derail should we just do fan voting for the Grimms oof no how come um because what then these, it's gonna what are I these think people, what are these industry veterans? What are these people you know, when I open up Twitter and I see people I know in Seattle who contribute very little to the music scene, but they're at the Grammys because like you said, they fulfilled the basic obligations to be able to apply for membership. And I'm like, I don't know how these people are there or what involvement they have, but they're voters. But I have little respect for their contributions. Like what I don't I'm not sure there's that much of a difference. You know, on one hand, look, if it's like Elton John and Dr. Dre and Kanye and Clive Davis and whoever else voting, like, yes, I can go ahead and respect those folks. But 
this massive list of voters. I'm not sure there's that much of a difference if you just open it up and just let it turn into some sort of weird American idol. Like maybe, maybe we would just get Katy Perry and Taylor Swift left and right, but you don't think we get like the same, the same people would win. I, I, I think that there needs to be more, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but we need to know who the people are who are voting for these artists. I think if they put like some cameras in their faces <laughs> and said, this is the committee, I think that would, at least attempt to add a little bit of credibility or more credibility to it. Um, I think it's just getting, as you said, pretty much getting a, a whole new regime of voters. I think that helps. Maybe they do what MTV did and do like a viewer's choice or something like that. Um, and that's why I'm kind of in eh, because the MTV, the MTV and BET and any of the viewer's choice was just a popularity contest or in BET's case, it would be, you know, who they wanted to win all those years when they were investing in B2K and they were winning everything, you know, <laughs> B2K's winning like album of the year. <laughs> it's like, uh, so I, 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 I guess I wouldn't be mad at more fan interaction. They need to take advantage of just the fact that Twitter is absolutely on fire during these award shows. And there's a way to monetize that and bring more, um, sort of bridge the gap, but just straight up letting the fans vote for every or more categories. Eh, I'm not crazy about it. So one interesting way to structure it might be a little bit more, I mean, this wouldn't hundred percent solve it, but it, it might be interesting is the way that the Academy Awards work where there are 17 different branches. So like actors, directors, editors, every, you know, all down the line. And so when it comes to nominations, only actors vote to nominate actors only directors vote to nominate directors and so far down the line. But when it comes to actually uh, picking the winner, everybody who's in it sort of joins. So if you, I mean, it'd be, diff it'd be dicey to figure out who's in what genre, but it could, you could sort of see a world where, you know, there's a quote unquote hip hop branch of, uh, you know, of people who are at least deciding, oh, these should be the hip hop nominees for the for these various Grammys on the R and B side, on the rock side, on the country side. Yeah. I always think like when they do the NBA stuff or NFL or whatever, the most interesting part to me is who the players voted for. Like I don't there are players and coaches. Yes. Like who do you think 100%. are the all stars? Aside from the fact that this year they apparently a large number of players decided to basically throw away their votes, which seemed weird. Um because they revealed a bunch of stats about like a bunch of these bench players got one vote for no reason. A guy who <laughs> hadn't played a game. Like, I don't know if they're just making a statement or what was going on with that, but like, that's what I want to know. So yeah, if you, if you took Drake, Kanye, Chance, Kendrick, Macklemore, Dre, like, I don't know, just open it up to a wide number of people, like 400, you know, hip hop related people. And they were specifically either artists or managers or, yeah, maybe journalists that focused on hip hop. Like I would respect like an Elliot Wilson's vote, right? Like who does, what does he think is album of the year? This is a, it's someone who works every day, all day within the, the genre. Um, like I would appreciate that a bunch more than someone whose primary focus is perhaps in the jazz community and just is filling out their ballot and being like, oh yeah, I like that Chance kid. Like I saw him one time on a late night show or, you know, he popped up at a performance that I was at and he seemed like a nice kid. I'll vote for him. Like, yeah, I'd be curious to know. And look, if, if, if that turns into just like the hottest records winning at the moment, then so be it. But that would at least be more interesting to me. And we might get a wider variety of hip hop artists winning stuff if we did it that way. Yeah, I agree. So it might also just turn into the Migos Awards. 
Well, well, I mean, if it's what, you know, the kids, man, they listen to me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, mm. <laughs> um, we should we petition for an official like mumble rap category? Uh, well, the category is interesting, right? Because uh, they have this category best rap sung collaboration, but Hotline Bling won that, which. Okay. So what was the collaboration? It was Drake featuring Drake. (laughs) I don't know. Rap, rap and sung. Like this is as dumb as the commercial and underground argument of like the late nineties, early two thousands. Like what the difference between rapping and singing? Like, I can't believe we still try to establish a difference between that. Like, yeah, I should say it's the best rap song performance, not collaboration. So I apologize, but it's meant to, it, it was, I mean, they created it when, we were first, I mean, not when we were first, but because there were so many big songs that had so-and-so featuring so-and-so. And so that was their that was their way to try to get another Grammy in there, basically. But now with blurring the line, like, you know, not just Drake, but lots of people are blurring the lines. It's like, well, is that singing? Is that, well, I don't even know what it is, but sure, put it in there. That's a little, yeah, that's a weird category. Yeah, I mean, we're 25 years past, like, Bone Thugs and Harmony, and we still have this idea of rapping and singing being different, but there's really no way to tell if someone's rapping or singing at this point. I mean, and thanks to that category, you know, little Yachty got a nomination. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. Broccoli Ooh. got nominated. Is that drum song? Yeah. It's that... drum and, and little Yachty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Should we do a little Yachty segment? Have you guys talked extensively about Yachty and mumble rap in general? Oh, <sighs> We, the, we, 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 I think we've probably talked about future at the most. We, we, no, we actually talked about, we listened to a little boat like record at some point, right? It was did like we, a mixtape. Yeah. You did like a live breakdown. No, I mean, I think we talked about it for like 10 seconds where I was like, this is terrible. Um, did you see the commercial during, I don't know if you guys, if you guys watched the Grammys live or just caught the, uh, stuff afterwards, but Target kept teasing the entire night this, remake of it takes two by little yachty and carly ray jepsen produced by mike will produced by mike will even though it doesn't even sound like it just sounds like a cheap remake of the original beat but it's it's no joke it's little yachty and carly ray jepsen and i I saw the video today and i was just like oh no yeah that song should have hashtag ad after it right like target (laughs) paid for that yeah like that's that's just a terrible monstrosity of a record that should not exist it's so in bad. In any way, shape, or form. It's yeah. so bad. And Mike Will, Mike Will just has a great, like, I'm cashing checks look on his face during when they show him briefly in the video. <laughs> you know what would be funny, though? If we actually did open up the Grammys to allow artists to vote on it, what you would have is a bunch of these older artists so desperate to try to stay relevant and try to pretend that they're 18 years old again that they would probably all vote for shit like Lil Yachty. So you'd have some people being like, no, I'm going to vote for what I like. I am going to vote for Kendrick or whatever. But you'd have people like Drake who'd be like, I'm definitely voting for Yachty for Artist of the Year. Right. Yep. (laughs) Because they all basically want to be 18 to 25 again. Right. So you're talking about like you get you would get those people. You'd also get the trolls and then you'd get the uh, you get the pitchfork crowd. Oh, yeah. The two cool for school. Like if it's if it's so bad, it's good. Absolutely. And they'll write a piece on Lil Yachty being a revolutionary, you know, timepiece in modern culture. Exactly. Elzai is tired, but Lil Yachty is the future. Yeah. Stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. Rhyming words is old. Like who wants to do that anymore? Just rhyme sounds. That's terrible. So do we want to talk about some of these, uh, 
I, I these spe- rap winners. Well, I was going to say that that I, look at you, you podcast excellent segue. Um, we've we've, we've, we've learned from this. We, we've we've referenced him throughout the throughout the uh, episode, but we haven't talked about him yet. And that would be Chance the Rapper, who yeah. won Best Rap Album, won Best Rap Performance. And actually, r- run through run through the nominations. Do you have them? Sure. Yeah, I got them right in front of me. Best so Rap Album because I'm actually not mad at this group of albums. So maybe the picture that we painted for the last 30 minutes is a bit more bleak than it really is. I don't know. Sure. Some of the well, all right. So Best Rap Album, Coloring Book, obviously since Chance won. Uh, De La's album, uh, Anonymous Nobody, uh, DJ Khaled, Major Key, Drake with Views, Schoolboy Q with Blankface LP, which is interesting. And Kanye with Life of Pablo. I would say all of those are good, if not great. I would say Chances, eh, I don't know if it's great, but it, those are all good albums except for Khaled's, which to me had like five actual really good records and the rest was trash. Yeah. But um, those are all good albums to me. People hated on Views a lot more than I did, but I'm also like a Drake stan, so I was there for it. But, Views was complicated. Uh, that De La album was a snoozer uh, Khaled's was Khaled, uh, you know, but it, I, I actually wasn't, at, I mean, it's actually, I don't think it's the worst list. I mean, typically what happens on that list is if M, that's the list that if Eminem ever puts anything out, it ends up on that list. Yeah. Uh, Jay-Z ever puts anything out and, and it, it, it ends up on the list, but that's not the worst list you could come up with. Yeah. Yeah. None of those are like a outside of maybe Q's album is none of those are like a really and even Q's, I, Q's, Q's album was really good. I'm just surprised that they acknowledged it. Like I thought Q's album was was very good. That that's the uh, that and Daylight are like the those are the the street cred nominations. Like <laughs> that's common. That's you know the artists who are considered underground, but they get the they get the nod. I think Cole got that a few years ago. Um, we had that infamous picture of him, you know, ice grilling the stage because he didn't win. Um, I, I, that's, that's those, they have those every year, but to, to agree with both you guys, I really, none of these were really like a, you know, I wasn't, I didn't feel disrespected by any of these nominees. And do we have any problem with chance winning rap album of the year? I'm not a chance, (laughs) I'm not a chance fan by any stretch of the imagination, just beyond the fact that he, he can rap, um, me personally. And I know it won't because it's such a polarizing project, but I feel like Pablo should have took this easily if we're just no talking about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm a massive Kanye fan, so I, yeah. but I thought I thought Chance's album was quite good, and it's the they're really they're half voting for the story, right? They're voting for the fact that it wasn't for sale. They're voting for the fact that it was a mainstream slash Christian album, you know, right? Like, there's a lot of stories about like, oh, it's incredible that he's able to, you know, drip so much of this uh, kind of gospel format into pop music although if you look at what life of pablo did there's references all throughout that as well of course starting with ultra light beam which was fantastic record but i feel like part of it was like we want to root for the underdog right we've got this good young kid chicago's in the news a lot right now it's got the tech angle of being an apple online exclusive until it went to like spotify but it's not for sale so i think it was more they're voting half for the music and then half for the package around it right the Kanye package, the extracurriculars with Kanye, is like the craziness of the last couple of months, which yeah. is not something that anyone wanted to vote for. There you go. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I also sort of just wonder if sort of the notion of both Drake and Kanye being vocal about not wanting to attend. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how last minute the sort of, you know, you can vote, but, you know, part of me wonders if that sort of plays into it as well. You know, they want, like Chance was, 
Chance didn't just show up. He performed. He did like those pre-Grammy parties. Like he was in. He was in it. That's that's what I was talking about earlier about these people that will work with the society, right? right? And there are certain guys that are just they're great guys. Like I have no doubt that Chance is just a, a nice dude that is excited to be involved in these kind of things. And yeah, he's all over those opportunities. And then people are like, oh yeah, we met that guy. You know, he did that event for us. He talked to the kids here. Like I like that guy. Meanwhile, you've got Kanye running around acting crazy doing weird press conferences with Donald Trump, like that's going to hurt you. It is partly sure. going to always be a popularity contest, especially when people aren't familiar with the music. Yep. So, you know, 20, 25% of the people that voted on these albums did not hear all of the albums. Oh, of course. If not more. Right. So that's just, that's the ridiculous nature of it. How are you going to vote for it? You should have to, it's almost like when you install an app and you have to like scroll down through the T's and C's <laughs> before you hit accept, like you should not be allowed to cast your vote until your Spotify slash Apple Music slash YouTube, whatever, has fully played the album. Like you have to at least show record that you have listened to it before you vote. So, so Chance won for best rap album. He also won for best rap performance uh, with no problem. And the other nominees were uh, Panda, Pop Style, which, yeah, all the way up in that part. Not a, not, are- not a strong group. I think all those are good songs, except maybe Pop Style. Pop Style's okay. Pop Style's Pop- probably the worst record out of the, out of that mix. And Pop Style has the weird history too, right? Where it's a throne record and then the right. Jay Kanye title, Apple beef or weird exclusivity debates means that someone got, the, who got their verse removed on the actual album version? Uh, uh, Jay. Jay. Yeah, so that is the definition of a song that has no business. And that's what these are the kind of records that lost me as a fan, right? Growing up is I remember, you know, falling in love with music and then being told that the Grammys were the most important night of the year for music and then looking at the nominations and just seeing stuff that didn't make sense. Right. And that's just the definition of a record that doesn't make sense. Like I don't know how that got on there. Uh, if you're able to pick any song off of views, that's literally the last or second or third to last record you would pick. I mean, it, I mean, it got submitted because, well, it's, it's funny cause it's listed as Drake featuring the throne. Uh, you, I'm, I wonder if Drake's people didn't push to have it listed as featuring Jay-Z and Kanye West because then it might've won. Right. Because then we were like, oh, Drake, Jay-Z and Kanye. I know those three guys and they circle it like. <laughs> yeah. Well, the throne doesn't even exist. It's what? not an entity. Like if you searched Apple Music for, for the, the throne, throne or right. Amazon for the throne, like it's not coming up. There's no artist ID aligned with the group name, the throne. So that that's so weird. And that's the kind of stuff that just puts me off in general. Yeah, that's it's crazy. I, yeah, I I'm, I guess I'm not in. You know, again, me not being a, a chance fan, but I'm not mad at no problem winning. Um, that's a that's a dope record. And it was a bit, you know, it was a big, a bigger record for him than I thought it would be. Um, yep. Yeah, that, I didn't I didn't it didn't hit me until I went to L.A. When I went to L.A. and saw um, how just a completely different crowd outside of, you know, where I live gravitated to it. Then I got it. And the other award that Chance won was Best New Artist, which that's I mean, interesting group of people i mean so for us the only other per- relevant person who's really there is anderson pock i mean unless hyphen unless you're secretly a big chain smokers fan um chain smokers have been around for a long <laughs> ass time because they send promos to djs and they've been doing it for like 10 years or something so yeah. i i'm very familiar with those guys but uh i know this is like the first year they finally put themselves front and center and had that big hit record with Halsey or somebody. But yeah, yeah, closer. yeah I mean, yeah. Anderson Pack. like I was late on the Anderson Pack 
uh, train, but even I knew the breezy Lovejoy days. Like I was at the end of his sort of previous alter ego. So there's the one side, which is we all just, anyone who knows music just automatically says, okay, best new artist doesn't really mean new because these are all people that have been working for years. So I'm, I'm willing to put that aside. And then, yeah, now you're opening it up to other genres and I have really no way of judging. Wasn't it like Marin somebody in there too? Yeah, Marin, like, yeah. Marin Morris, uh, Kelsey Ballerini. Like I'm like, who? Huh? These could I mean, be, fake. These, no, these could be yeah. fake names as far as I'm Absolutely. concerned. I don't like, know. Once I left uh, my other job at Amazon Music, like I, I have no understanding of who is in the country music running these days. So, yeah, I mean, Anderson Pack versus Chance the Rapper as best new artist. Like either one. I think they're both super dope. So I'm glad one of them won it, but uh, it could have been Anderson Pack for me. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, I don't know. That's yeah, that's a, that's actually if you're talking about just representation from hip hop, that's a that's a pretty good showing for best new artist, which is one of the big sort of cross genre categories that they have. Yeah, that's the one that Macklemore won at the beginning of the show a couple of years ago, right? Mm. Or did he win that one off air? No, they or- they always show that one. That's the yeah, that's like always the first award of the night typically. Okay, so was that the one that he got up and did the speech, and then he did the the white guilt apology? Uh, I think that was best rap album. Rap album. Yeah. yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah, he'll you know he'll, he would have took he would have taken best new artist. Did did he he won that over Kendrick too? Yeah, yeah, I think Macklemore. I think he won both of those. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I didn't know if Kendrick was nominated for best new artist that year. Ar- Ar- Armand's getting course. angry all over again. No, just... no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good because it was <sighs> you almost. And I've said this before, like you almost feel bad for Macklemore because people don't like him for what he represents. And I mean, in, in hyphen, you probably speak to this better being from Seattle, you know, like yeah, I don't, look, every, everyone in Seattle loves Macklemore. Like half the people here will still call him Ben. Like we've known Mac since he was like 15 years old performing at like open mic nights. He's an underground hip hop head. You know, yes, he blew up to a ridiculous degree, making some sort of some of them were silly songs. Others are incredibly important, awesome pop culture moments. Um, yes, he does some corny stuff at some point uh, at some points, but he's an absolute great guy. Hasn't changed a bit. Super nice. People in Seattle love him. And it is really funny to see how the rest of the world will look just at like, oh, the thrift shop guy. And everyone in Seattle was like, uh, yeah, the thrift shop guy or the guy that was like opening for AC alone in 2002 at like some club <laughs> with eight people there. So <laughs> the dude has put in his, uh, paid his dues for sure. Um, it's weird to see, it's, it's been weird to see actually in the last year, like the sort of enjoyment a lot of people have taken with the fact that he's no longer front and center in the pop culture world and that the last album didn't move like millions of copies and that they didn't have another thrift shop. Like, that's been interesting to see people enjoy the Macklemore fall off, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, and he actually purposely didn't submit anything for the Grammys this year. That's wild. Did he make a statement on that? Yeah, he said, I mean, he. it was something to the effect of he just didn't even want, like, he just didn't even want to get involved. Yeah, good for him. I mean, look, as as knowing him a bit and knowing that he is a normal dude, I can only imagine how ridiculously difficult it is to be to be and to move in those super celebrity uh, in that circle. And so, if you've already made your millions, which he has, like he's bought some super nice house, like he's got a nice car, he's got his kid, like he's good. Uh, I would stay out of that as much as possible. Like it's only going to consume you and tear you up. I was listening to that Jesus and Miro podcast the other day, and they were talking about how J Lo was worth three hundred million, and they were saying like, at what point do you just say like, I'm good? 
Like all I want to do is buy an island and go chill somewhere. So like I think part part of Mac is probably like, man, I've made a significant amount of money. Why do I need to be hosting like MTV's New Year's Eve with Miley Cyrus? Like I don't. Why would you sign up for that again if you're Macklemore? Maybe he will in another year or two. Maybe the payments go up and he needs to keep that coming in. But if not, like, wouldn't you hit that certain level and just be like, yo, I'm good. I'm just going to make some good music, make a little incremental amount of money, you know, here and there. But I love the fact that he didn't submit anything to the Grammys. I think that's great. Yeah. And the other thing, so uh, sort of closing closing up on Chance real quick. So he also uh, gave a performance that was sort of uh, a medley of some of his singles, but it was it was mainly uh you know the opening to how great is god along with um why can't i think of the first oh all we got and then he sort of threw in some stuff from other songs as well and i mean again the reaction kind of like beyonce's performance people generally seem to love it but i think like i I tweeted this out when i was watching the grammys like chances the people's champ like people love chance so i wasn't surprised by any of that but uh hyphen what did you think of the of his performance i did not see the performance but I've seen him perform multiple times. I'm a Chance fan. I think, yeah. like you said, the people love him. He's non-controversial, uh, which is interesting to see him kind of mix in the religious side of it because that can easily turn a lot of people off. But I think he does it in a way that to someone like me that's not really religious at all, but you know, more open to spirituality in general, Like he does it in a way where I can kind of appreciate it, where a lot of times it comes across as very preachy, I guess, especially in other genres. Um, you know, especially in like country music sometimes, things like that. So I think he's just very palatable. Like everyone likes Chance. He's fun. He's always smiling. He's got good energy. He's funny, seems intelligent. Like he fights for social causes. Armand, what do you dislike about Chance? I just don't find his music particularly engaging. I think he can rap. Um, Ultra Light Beam is one of my favorite verses of last year. Yeah. Um, I just, I didn't like acid rap. I didn't like um, the the project with uh, uh, what was it called with the trumpets? What was it called? Oh, the Donnie, Donnie trumpet in the social. Yeah, experience. I didn't yeah. I didn't like okay. surf and just this project just didn't it just didn't do it for me. I just think I'm not a fan. It's one of those instances where like it's not whack where somebody just does a lot of things. There's nothing that he doesn't do well. There's anything he doesn't do well. Um, I just it just doesn't do it for me. So I kind of let people, you know, enjoy him um, and just kind of let that be. I think my problem as a Christian is less about chance, but it's more about the church and its obsession with celebrity culture and how we we always want to. Somebody says Jesus and we instantly want to give them a platform and a stage and we want him to speak for all of us. And that's not um, that's not healthy. It's like giving a baby uh, it's like giving a baby a gun. And I know that's really a dramatic way to to put it. But, you know, to a lesser degree, let's look at Mace. Mace leaves hip hop. He joins Creflo Dollars Church um, and people and he's he's preaching six months into his conversion. And, you know, here we are 10, 15 years later um, and he has nothing to do with Jesus. And I think a lot of that had to do with nobody. He didn't, nobody really sat him down and walked him through, okay, this is what it means to be a believer and sort of discipled him in that way to where he could grow in that. I think that 
the church and all that just saw dollar signs and attention. And they said, hey, Mace, go out and do that. And I don't question Chance's sincerity. Um, and that's not really my place to do that. But I just look at the people around me and just sort of the hot takes that were on social media the day after and the day of where it was like, he's a he's a glowing example. And, you know, he's this and he's, he's like, he's, this isn't the first time we've seen this um, and it won't be the last. And um, I just need people to just sit down and relax and calm down and let <laughs> Let Chance see who he is. Let him walk this out and just pray for his sincerity and that, you know, if this is the choice that he's willing to make that, you know, like let him walk that out and let him live it out in a real authentic way. He doesn't have to be the representation. You be the representation and don't worry about what somebody else is doing because they have a bigger platform than you. So there's my Chance rant. For I, the show. I like it. I know. I appreciate that. Like it's interesting hearing more from the community that he's representing at least to a larger folks, like kind of what the, the take is. Um, seems like the, the feedback is kind of overwhelmingly positive, but yeah, it I, is. I, I can totally see why it's like everyone wants to have that perfect sort of figurehead for movements. Yep. And he's a, like, he, he, he checks a lot of boxes I would imagine. Yep. So for, for folks that are wanting to promote those messages, like he's friends with Barack, right? Like he's, yep. he's smart, like he's funny. Uh, like he's young, he's energetic. Like he checks a lot of boxes for what yep. you want in a figurehead. Yeah. Yep. 1000%. 1000%. Like you say, he's a people's champ. He's a people's champ and throw, sprinkle some Jesus in there. And you know, the church is like gung ho about it. Um, yeah. So interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that they don't, <laughs> obviously they're not, they don't feel the same way about how Kanye sprinkled in religion into his last album yeah it i think kanye is different because kanye is very much like yeah he sprinkles jesus in but all the other stuff you know the 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 <laughs> the, the overwhelm it's like okay so what do you take away from the life of pablo do you take away a record like ultralight beam well for me i was in the minority where like i didn't hear i heard the gospel theme of it but that record is super depressing to me and i can feel kanye's pain every time i listen to it so i don't listen to it mm. um or a record like you know i got bleach on my t-shirt you know <laughs> like <laughs> you know you you kind of like if you listen if you're listening to that whole project what are you taking away from it as a christian i don't hear um you know I want to play this in my church while we're handing out, while we're doing tithes and offerings. Um, I want to, and me knowing some other stuff and some people who are closer to Kanye than I am, my heart goes out to him and my desire is to see him well and whole. And, you know, if this is really what he wants to do, that somebody is walking him out through that backstage and, you know, behind the scenes and when the cameras are off, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I, the, the, yeah, the church wasn't really, the church was really high on Kanye circuit Jesus walks and then everything kind of went downhill. Yeah. So yeah, like we just want one representation. I mean, and that we could have a whole conversation about just the church and there's always, you know, the general consensus of the church is that the church is one figurehead and it's one pastor who does everything. And so in turn, you get somebody like Chance and Chance is one person, as you said, who checks a lot of boxes. So they want him to be the one representation of Christians in hip hop. They wanted it to be Lecrae. Lecrae was very stutter steppy, 
you know, he the people were putting cameras and microphones in his face and asking him about Jesus. And he was like, well, I mean, you know, yeah, but he was trying to do that. And Chance is like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And people are like, yes, do that. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's um it's my my burden is just that if you f- if you feel away, if you have your own ideology about whatever, because we can break this down into anything that you would you know, you would go hard for that and you would uh, affect your sphere of influence. I, as a, as an MC and as a Christian, I'm, I may never get the Grammy stage, but I want to impact Jesus and being able to rap really well in my community and with the people who are listening to what I have to say when I throw a beat on. Um, more important than, you know, if somebody comes to me and says, you know, tell me more about Jesus, I'm not going to say, well, hey, Here's ch- here's coloring book. Listen to that. Like, no, I'm going to have that conversation with them because you're asking me, you know what I'm saying? And I just want the Christian community to be a community rather than a bunch of people waiting on one person to do everything. And I think that was my burden and my problem with the hot takes after chances, uh, you know, s- amazingly successful Grammy weekend. So, yeah. Boom. Mic drop. Well, I look forward <laughs> to the collaboration between you and Chance and Pastor Troy or somebody can hop on and do the hook. <laughs> oh Lord, Pastor Troy, yeah, <laughs> exactly. See, oh Lord, I get the, I would get no. Pa- the right Pastor Troy song comes on, people have gotten beaten up around me to Pastor Troy record. So, <laughs> yeah. We hope you enjoyed side A of this week's episode. Please check out side B at clockradiospeakers.com.